So I'm sure you've heard of ChatGPT. I told you about it, right? It's the language model. Like you, you can interact with it much better than previous like chat bots online, right? Yes. So I asked it to write me a story based on Psych. No, you didn't. So I shall read it now. Oh, gosh. Once upon a time, there were two best friends named Sean and Gus. They were both amateur detectives and started a psychic detective agency called Psych. They would take on cases that the Santa Barbara Police Department couldn't solve and solve them using Sean's quote-unquote psychic abilities, which were actually just his incredible powers of observation and deduction. Spoiler alert. One day, they were hired by a wealthy businessman to investigate a string of burglaries at his company. The police had no leads, and the businessman was getting disparate. Sean and Gus took the case and immediately set to work. They started by interviewing the employees and studying the security footage. They noticed that the burglaries always occurred on the same day of the week, and that the thief seemed to have a specific pattern of taking certain items. With this information, they were able to narrow down the list of suspects. Next, they set up a sting operation to catch the thief. They planted a fake diamond in the office and waited for the thief to strike. Just as they suspected, the thief took the bait and was caught red-handed. It turned out to be one of the businessman's own employees, who had been stealing from the company for months to pay off gambling debts. The employee was arrested, and the businessman was grateful to Sean and Gus for solving the case. Thanks to their clever detective work, Sean and Gus were able to solve another case for the Santa Barbara Police Department, and their detective agency, Psych, became more, even more popular in the city. That wasn't AI? Yeah, I, to- I said, I told it, write me a story based on the characters of Psych. And that's what it came up with. That is so... I don't know why that feels so wrong. Right. This is a psychic... This is a We're Psyched podcast exclusive. That's... Wow. That's a complete new piece of media for this podcast. So, I asked it a follow-up question. Oh, god! Which is one of the features that I find really cool about this. So, I said, what is the legality of Sean working with the police while faking his abilities? So, ChatGPT responded. It says, it's not entirely clear what the legality would be of Sean working with the police while pretending to have psychic abilities. It could be argued that he's committing fraud by pretending to have a skill that he he doesn't possess and using it to gain access to information or influence the investigation. Additionally, it could be considered obstruction of justice if his deception were to lead to an investigation going the wrong direction or taking longer than it should have. However, it's important to note that Psych is a fictional TV show and does not depict a real-world scenario. (laughs) I love that. In real life, law enforcement agencies... And legal authorities take fraud and obstruction of justice very seriously and would not tolerate such actions. Yes. So it's probably illegal. So I asked it another follow-up. Oh, my gosh. Another question. It doesn't end. I said, have there been any cases of this in the real world? Oh, okay. I'm interested. And so so it responded. There have been instances in the real world where people have pretended to have psychic abilities and used them to influence investigations or gain access to information. These cases are few and far between, and it's generally considered to be unethical and potentially illegal. One example of this is the self-proclaimed psychic, psychic detective Sylvia Brown, who is known for claiming to help police solve crimes using her psychic abilities. However, her track record of accurate predictions 
and successful cases was extremely poor, and many of the cases she was involved in ended up going unsolved. Another example is the case of a man named Ronald P. Kennedy, who, pretend, who pretended to be a psychic detective and provided false information to the police during an investigation into the murder of a young girl. He was later charged with obstruction of justice and sentenced to prison. In general, law enforcement agencies don't rely on psychic abilities or information provided by self-proclaimed psychics in their investigations and prefer to rely on traditional investigative techniques and evidence-based methods. So I looked this up as a little fact check, and Sylvia Brown appears to be real, um, but I couldn't find anything on Ronald P. Kennedy in my five-minute Google search. So anyway, it's wow. informational, or it's interesting. Good job. Yeah. I have to say that was really interesting. Yeah. And that the whole AI thing came up with a whole episode. Yeah, a simple little story. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Um, now, it should be noted that it's just a language model. It's not conscious or anything. It can provide false information. Like, I couldn't find anything on Ronald Kennedy. Um, or, I'm sorry, I was mispronouncing that. It's Kenny. Anyway, um, it's probably fake anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it's just... It's just some cool, cool stuff. Um, Is this because we watched that movie Megan a little bit ago? You're like, now I'm really interested in where technology is headed. Well, I w- that movie was very interesting to me. It was good. Like, move. It was a good movie. Yeah, and it. What I liked a lot about it was how it type or it delved into like the ethics of having Megan, like how it affected the child development. Because yes. you really wonder where this the future is heading and what kind of yeah. stuff. What I liked about it is it wasn't a new idea, like technology going bad no. or going wrong. But no. what was new about it was having like the child element. Yes. Yeah. And that having was really it be a toy for kids. Yeah. More than just a toy. It was Re- like a re- caregiver. Replacing a yeah. parent. Yeah. It's interesting. But, and uh, one thing that I realized, unfortunately, after we recorded our podcast last time, just to bring it, reel it back into Psych, is that Psych's first episode without a murder, last episode, as you mentioned, was the first episode that did not have a murder, also featured a birth. Wow. It just came kind of full circle. So not only did we not lose someone in the population, we gained we somebody. We gained someone else, yeah. Oh, that's... I like that. Yeah, so how about that? I thought that was like a really funny little I wonder if they did that on circle. purpose or if it's just a coincidence. It could be, yeah. Well, should we start the episode? We shall. In between the lies, there's a lot of obscurity. I'm not inclined to This is We're Psyched. Hi, I'm Elle, and I've never done a podcast. And I'm Jacob, and I've never seen Psych. And now I'm making him watch it. And now I'm making her do a podcast. So let's get started. Okay, everybody, today we are covering Season 1, Episode 9, Forget Me Not, written by William Rabkin and Lee Goldberg, directed by Mel Damsky, aired on January 19th, 2007, and here's the synopsis. Sean investigates when a forgetful family friend claims to have solved an old murder case, which could potentially be linked to a more recent killing. This was, this was one of those episodes where I just, I was so wrapped up in it when I was watching that I had nothing. I had nothing. Cause it was just, 
one thing after another, like, where the hell is this going? Wait, there are two murders. You know, I just, I just could not, could not keep up with it. It was just fascinating to watch. I liked it. It's funny that you point that out because this is actually one of my favorite episodes. Um, yeah, episodes of season one. Oh, okay. Um, like you said, I also liked how the past had influence with the present, and right. but it made me sit there and think, oh, well, this this case that happened, what it was like twenty years ago, yeah, never got solved, right. Because then, of Sylvia Brown. But then the same people, because of Sylvia um, like the same, the chief, who right. will, Connors. Connors. Now has a worse memory. He has um, early onset Alzheimer's. Right. But then because of Sean is able to solve something from 20 years ago and something that's happening now, I thought it was like really fun. Yeah, that was cool. Um, is that, do you know if if that's actually how... Uh, Alzheimer's works I think it is be- where they can remember things that happened a long time ago jumbled but they can remember that but they don't have short-term memory really that's interesting because I don't know about Alzheimer's but my grandma had dementia mine too yeah and it was similar like she could she could tell you the presidents all of them in order she could tell you things that happened years and years and years ago but she couldn't remember like me yeah. For example, or See, she couldn't remember what she had for breakfast. Yeah. So that's, that was what happened with my grandma um, and my grandpa. Uh, but they didn't really have that much of a strong memory. Um, they couldn't, I or I don't remember at least, like them remembering trivia or anything, that sort of thing. But they would, they would remember names, but, but then think that we are the people that they're remembering. I Which see. was really sad. Just, I mean, yeah. there are definitely patterns. Right. Every case is different, but... Yeah, it affects people. Differently. It's good that we brought this up because I... Although Sean was right and Connors was right when he said he witnessed a murder. And I know we're diving into the episode really early. We'll go back. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll go chronologically. But I but. actually... I understand why Henry was very against Sean helping him. You know, he was yes. more than just his police chief years and years ago. He was a f- like the synopsis said, a family friend. Yeah. So he's like, please don't make him look like this old fool. He deserves better than that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it I, must have I been hurting Henry right. deep down. Well, to, to see, see his friend, friend like that. Yeah, you know? exactly. And then to see Sean, you know, Hen- Henry doesn't have this approval of Sean and what he's doing. So he's like, oh, my God, he's going to make an ass of himself and of my old time friend who's now going through this problem. I agree. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I just, I did feel for him, but then also I feel like the audience is meant to not really agree with Henry and because Henry's being very resistive, the audience is meant to be more so on the side of, Oh, I want to figure this out because it looks like there's something there. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause we know that there's a case. Otherwise there wouldn't be an episode. <laughs> right. But I think it's worth Giving Henry the spotlight because it was very real and raw. Yeah. Of him. You need that. You need the pushback. It's like it's a valuable, um, realistic thing that a character would say. Yeah, like, and I, Henry, yeah. no one wants to solve crime and find the ga- bad guy. I feel like more than Henry. Yeah. But he was willing to, or not willing, but like maybe a little bit in denial. 
but to put his friend first mm-hmm. before yeah. a potential case, you know? Right. If Yeah, because he didn't have anything at this point. It was just, that was very shortly after Sean had um, started or taken the case. Like, I believe you, sir, um, right after uh, Connors had first approached them. Mm-hmm. So let's start from the beginning. The beginning. Yes. This flashback. Yeah, something like that. Sean, Gus are at the zoo. I'm assuming some school field trip. They're with their teacher and a bunch of other kids in the class. Did you ever go to the zoo with the class? I think I did. Not a zoo. No. I don't think I've been to a zoo. We went to... Did you ever go to Point Defiance in Washington? Okay, because that was a class field trip we did. Because there's a Point Defiance zoo... And then there's also the Fort Nisqually uh, with the, the Native American. Oh, yeah. So we I, went both of those places. No, I don't think I've ever been to a zoo, but I did go to like a zip lining place. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, um, Jacob and I are both from Washington State. Yeah. So, yeah. And fun fact, to dig- I know this is not on the topic of psych whatever whatsoever, but he and I didn't meet until college, but we may have coincidentally gone to the same summer camp in like sixth grade yeah i don't know if the timing actually lines up yeah we can't confirm it but we did we're pretty sure we were at the same place at the same time which and didn't know each other okay yeah back to the flashback one of the boys is wearing these like it looks like swim trunks almost these long it had such a design yeah. yeah and it looks like there's a pineapple pattern on it so that might be pushing but that might be the hidden pineapple but also later in the episode i'll point out the other one right i think that's more what they were intending and this one might just be a small small detail yeah um but anyway this flashback is actually very very important to the to the case back in the present because we meet this girl named trish the ugliest creature in the world shot is so mean and he's making fun of this poor little girl. And he's throwing this tennis ball around. Like, why does he have a tennis ball in a zoo, first of all? Right. Um, and then we find out later that there's an ostrich who swallowed the tennis ball. And, of course, Henry thinks it's Sean because Sean was seen with the tennis ball. But really, it was Trish who was trying to hit him with it because he was bullying her so much. And we meet her father, who is Brett Connors. And he's the only one who believes Sean in the flashback. He's like, I believe you. I know. I think you did not throw that into the ostrich pen. Mm-hmm. But then he winked. What do you think the wink meant? I think the wink was because Henry was like, you know, you deal with your kid. I deal with my kid. And the wink was kind of like, no, kid. I'm wink. on your side. I'm on your side. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And that does tie in really well because it it sets up this, this really, like, I don't know. I'd call it wholesome. Oh, like, yeah. Very like, wholesome. Because we don't see much of that with young Sean because Henry is such a hard ass. So yeah. having that dynamic where like, I don't know if that would be a core. Do you think all of these flashbacks are core memories for Sean? Well, he really stuck with him because we know back in the present, he he references the flashback. He's like, he was the only one who believed me back then. Uh, yeah, I'm so going to believe was. him. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually have a question about this because... In the bus, when when Henry drags Sean into the bus, he's like, an ostrich, Sean, really? Like, am I going to have to pay for How much does an ostrich even cost? Did you look at it? Well, I looked at Oh, my God. (laughs) Of course you did. (laughs) 
According to Bird Watching USA, <laughs> which Henry Spencer probably bird would be auction, part of, bird right? Bird auctioning, yeah. He would. Um, an ostrich costs between 7500 to $10,000, depending on the breed. Um, but don't think of buying one anytime soon because they're far more expensive to farm than any other livestock and animal since they require a huge area of land to survive oh, in. Interesting. Yeah. And ostrich eggs are a delicacy, right? Is that why they're so expensive? Yes, but I guess yeah. like ostrich eggs, you can get one for like $300 unfertilized. But if it's fertilized, it ranges from $575 and above. Well, because it would just be for eating if it's yeah, unfertilized. Yeah. But then, yeah. But I didn't think it'd be that cheap for one that is fertilized, I guess. Yeah. It reminds me of, you won't get this reference. You can't have an ostrich race with just one ostrich. What? It's uh, That's from Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Oh, there's never a, saw There's it. a scene with ostrich racing, and it's really funny. So Sean, Sean and Gus are watching Brett Connors and Trish, and they're, Sean is trying to lip read. Oh gosh, it's so it's such he does childish voice things. Like, he sounds like Julia Child, but without the British accent. Yeah, he's like, I can't help myself. I love Sean, or something like that. And then Gus chimes in as Brett Connors. I he's love like, he plays No, along. daughter. And it's daughter. Uh, it's just so funny. Yeah. But this scene's important because we see on the window the psych logo is green, not blue anymore. Yeah, right. It's so interesting. They changed it. I mean, the green one is like the iconic one because that's yeah. like when you look up the show, it's always green. But yeah, weird. They changed it. I honestly don't know why they chose blue. We should look that up. Yeah, I wonder if that's in an interview somewhere. We'll get back to you on episode 10. So Trish comes into the office. Sean does this stupid gimmick, you know, as he does. And they find out. That she wants their help because her father has Alzheimer's and he thinks he saw a murder and he can't remember who it is or who the victim even was. And he's got all these notes written on his clothes and his hands and Sean's like, I'll help you. I'll do it. Um, so then, like you said, they go to the cafe and they meet Henry there. What are the odds? I know, right? I mean, I know it's a TV show, so moments like this have to happen. Have to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, they they talk about the case, right? And that's when we learn about the case twenty years ago. Yeah, I was when I watched this. I was just so confused. I was like, "Wait a second, Henry knows. Like, he knows something. He knows something." And of course, they answer their own question in the next scene after that, where Sean finally like. When he's talking to his dad alone, he was like, um, you know, he 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 uh, he learns about it. But I was just it's this level of like, um, oh, my God, wait, what is happening? Am I supposed to know something that he knows something? How, what? What? It was just this yeah. amazing confusion. Like sometimes I don't like being confused when I'm watching things. But this one was like just such a sense of curiosity and wonder that I, I don't know. I just, it was, it was great. Yeah. Um, it's, I love the way they did that because Henry was bringing up the case from 20 years ago to make the point that no, no, no. Crocker's just getting confused with a case that is sort of similar to what he thinks he saw today. Yeah. And Sean's like so confused cause he doesn't know about this case. 
And um, and that's so, so plausible because you know if that's actually what happens with the Heimers, you know, um, you uh, the, your time blends together. You know, if you you get reminded of something based on something that happens now, like that's that's exactly why Henry has no reason to believe that there's anything more to it. Than yeah, that. of course. And, yeah. but we will learn about this case 20 years ago. And all we learn now is there's a girl named Zoe Sharp who died mysteriously that they think it was a mountain lion that ate her. And she was maybe or maybe not having an affair with this wealthy guy, Mort Crocker, Mort Crocker who all the names. Oh my gosh. Who yeah. Brett Connors thinks saw with the person he that got killed in the present so it's this clusterfuck it's like i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to remind like remember like exactly where the venn diagram is like right now but it makes it all makes sense like trust us it all makes sense yes it's it's brilliant actually and i think that's why i like this episode so much because you're, you are confused as the the watcher you're like what is going on yeah and so we learn that the there the missing guy is uh, Mike McMillan. He uh, he was in town that we learn later looking for his birth mother, right. and then he mysteriously vanishes and his body's found and it was a mountain lion. So what does Sean go do? He goes and tries to talk to a mountain lion. <laughs> This is so fucking funny. And then they have later they like Gus defends it like, oh yeah, psychics are able to like create this bond with many types of animals. Oh yeah. <laughs> so funny. And so they go to this clinic and they see this mountain lion malnourished and has a cut on its like uh back thigh, leg, slash butt area. And before they can investigate more, they get caught. Um, this zoo, woman comes in, zoo, zoo, not zookeeper, zoo manager. Oh, like what was she? Anyway, she comes in and she's like, what are you doing here? And Sean quickly sees these name tags for these two guys who are supposed to be here tomorrow. But he's like, oh, we in the Swedish accent, the bad Swedish accent. He goes, he's we, we have arrived early. And he's like, this is my associate. And here's the Gus nickname. The name is Dr. McTuck, but. He goes, this is my um, a, a, a associate, uh, Dr. McTalk. And so the good. woman just, I have to applaud her at her face. She'll express, she's like, she looks like she's trying to be polite. Right. But also just like, fuck the, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's funny. And then, because it's like, you can tell she's like, wait, this is so ridiculous, but there's no way they could make this up because it's too ridiculous. It's good. I would point out, though, that this is really fucking weird that I would know this, but Sean mispronounces the name of the language that he's supposedly speaking. It's actually Rosa is how you're actually pronouncing the language that he's speaking. It's spelled Ah, in English X-H-O-S-A, Rosa. But he says Rosa or something. It's probably because he can't do that sound. Yeah. he Well, he does a similar sound when he's just making shit up, but... Anyway, I just good catch, to, yeah. really good catch. I love that. My French teacher in high school, well, my second French teacher for the last two years, he spoke a little bit of that language just for fun. This guy from Idaho wanted to learn that language. Wow. Yep. It's I love learn languages are so interesting. Mm-hmm. You are quite good at German now. I'm trying. Trying. Um, but yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so they leave and well, actually, before they leave, they learn some really crucial information. They learn that a very surprising thing for California, that the rain's actually been very good this year. And that means the prey of a mountain lion is eating foliage. And so the mountain lion should be fat. Mm-hmm. Good rain, good source of water and good food. Like, But for some reason, he's malnourished and has a mysterious injury on his leg. So they Just take setting this... up this sense of wonder more. Yeah. It's like things don't add up. Where is it going? I love yeah. it. Yeah. And so then Sean and Gus go to this quote unquote scene of the crime, the park, which has now been closed off because of the attack with Mike McMillan. Um, and they... Um... It's so funny. Oh, the scene's so good. Don't you always wonder, like, no one doubts the authority of like a rope that says area closed. No one doubts that and authority. Sean. Yeah, he's just like, I have this crazy idea. I, I'm trying to work it out if we can do it. And he just steps over the closed sign. <laughs> I love yeah. it. And he's like, dude, we're in. And then does this like weird pose. We got to screen grab that and post that. I just love the pose he does. Yeah, it's good. I don't know why. It's just so funny. And so they go in and they found find the mountain lion tracks a little too quickly, in my opinion. Like, they're searching the whole forest. Pretty, <laughs> they must be pretty good. And they realize that the mountain lion tracks are not in the right direction where the body was dragged. So they're like, the murder didn't happen here. The mountain lion was framed for murder. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny to hear that. We're going to frame a mountain lion. I so know. Right? I love it. Oh, my God. So many moments in this episode were just like, oh, my God. It's so funny, so clever, so... Oh, I love it. And before they can do more investigating... They get caught by the ranger. Um, what was his DeSoto? Jonathan DeSoto, I think. Yeah. And they pretend to be these two guys who I guess got lost in the woods two days ago and are at hyperthermia. Hypothermia? Okay, yeah, this no is the way. problem I have with this episode. It did not look cold out. Yep. I know we're all wimps here in California, like we can't stand 50 degrees at night, but it... <laughs> I oh no, God. I agree. What? I'm like that's not a very plausible story. But I guess if they were stuck, their clothes were pristine though, and they were yeah. It yeah. it just means that Jonathan DeSoto was not very Kinda observant. Dumb. Yes. Yeah. Um. There is something. I don't know if you would have caught it when they go to the the ranger's cabin. That cabin is Colonel O'Neill's cabin from Stargate, and also the cabin that they used in. The first episode of Psych? Yeah, yeah, with, uh, there was a murder in the... It's a yeah. popular cabin. Does it have a name? It must have a name. Ooh, a location name. While he looks that up, <laughs> I would like to... Insert cricket noise. I would like to bring about a weird Latin phrase that Sean says. Um, when they find the, the mountain lion tracks, it goes, Oh, feliz con color. And... He's actually right. It does mean a mountain lion. Well, it means specifically a large American feline resembling a lion. But, like, why the hell would Sean know Latin? And how the hell does he know this, like, random fact? It seems like such a Gus moment, though. You know what I mean? This seems like something Gus would say. Yeah. Um, Why would he know this species? Yeah, it just stuck out to me a little bit. So, they're, they're... distracting Jonathan DeSoto in the cabin and Sean goes and looks around and he finds these pictures of DeSoto standing next to Mr. Mr. Crocker and his wife. 
And he's like, oh, he knows Mr. Crocker who was involved in that thing with Zoe Sharp 20 years ago. So maybe, maybe he's, he did murder this Mike McMillan guy. We need to get on to Mr. Crocker's property. Right. So they go to his they house. Go. And then they're like, they're, they're planning, or Sean was planning another act like you belong moment. And it didn't, it didn't work, work. Because Mrs. Crocker comes out and she says, where are your badges? Because they're getting ready for an event. And Sean tries to say, oh, I'm, I'm the events coordinator. And she's like, that's a woman. He's like, oh, I'm the, the event coordinator's assistant. She's like, that was also a woman. <laughs> and I was like, no, he's the assistant to the assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. If you get that reference. Yeah. But um, she's very, very strict. I mean, she's this high class woman who means no business. And she promptly kicks them off her property. Rightfully so. I mean, I would yeah. do the same thing if I were her. Yeah, I love that. Because it's like so many times in this show, they like do something absolutely like ridiculous or unbelievable. And then it ends up working just once. It's nice for it to be like, well, that doesn't work. Well, what else are we going to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that cabin is... Um, oh yes the cabin the cabin is the private residence of the park keeper in in this park in north vancouver oh so it's like they um a lot of things film there it's like a popular filming location but then they they like since it's a private residence they can't like do anything really to the inside so the interior shots usually aren't actually filmed there okay it's just like it's used for the exterior yeah yeah oh that's great i love that Mm -hmm. um this case just moves so quickly in this episode. I love it. You know what actually was really interesting about that? For me, it felt like, yeah, it moved quickly and there was a lot to cover. But also there was a lot of filler stuff in this episode. Yeah, it didn't feel yeah. like we were rushing. Right. I it, it loved felt, it. Yeah, I mean, it felt at the end, you know, it felt there was like this two or three minutes to chill after this solving of the case. Yeah. Where it was just... It's, I kind of like that because it's like it's a change of pace and it's like you got everywhere you needed to go in an episode. Yeah. This awesome, fun episode. But then there's also like there's time to stuff in more great character moments. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So uh, Sean heads back to the police station and he meets Mike McMillan's girlfriend who has a box of all his stuff, which is not a lot because he was just in Santa Barbara visiting. Mm-hmm. And he finds out, yes, he was visiting to try to find his birth mom, but... I guess the birth mom died 20 years ago. Foreshadowing. I caught that. I was oh, like, really? Oh. I'm so proud yeah, of you. I was like, ooh, 20 years ago. What else do you yeah. know that's 20 years exactly. ago? Exactly. And then we find out that he actually was able to contact his father, who was some rich, high-class guy in mm-hmm. Santa Barbara. I feel like that's when they st- they wanted you to put it together yeah. at, that po- at that point. But uh, then he went missing and then got killed by a mountain lion. So Sean realizes... Oh my God, he was in town looking for his mother, who was Zoe Sharp, who right. was having Doesn't the affair with Mr. Dead. Crocker, yeah. and he's there. The um, the outcome of their relationship. Right. Um, and so he thinks, oh, Mr. Crocker killed his son mm-hmm. with the help of Jonathan DeSoto. And so they rush and they get Lassie and Juliet and and Trish and her dad. And they're on the street 
and he's Sean's being stupid with this uh, poster of Mike McMillan that his girlfriend hung up um, and he's like Mike's talking to me Mike's talking to me and he basically explains everything that he knows to them but then Lassie's like oh no but Mr. Crocker was given a lecture in some different state I guess he had 200 witnesses so it couldn't be him mm-hmm. and Brett uh connor's is like no 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 it's gotta be him you can't get away a second time and he drives off Uh oh yeah they're gonna go follow him but before they leave sean rips the poster of mike mcmillan off the post and puts it in his pocket and i i when i tell you guys like my mouth dropped open when i was watching this because when i first watched this episode i'm just watching it right but i'm watching it now to catch things and i see this pink poster and I, I'm like, Jacob, give me the remote. <laughs> yeah. Give me the remote. Went back 10 seconds. I paused it. And this pink poster behind the Mike McMillan poster is a callback to Weekend Warriors. And it says, vintage gold pocket watch inscription that reads, don't lose dash Henry. Oh, I love it. That Which is so funny. Hilarious. Because if there's a poster out there, like found a missing watch, I mean, Sean lost it, right? Yeah, he actually did. He lose. actually did Which lose was it. Rule number one, Henry said, don't lose. It's oh, I love it. Just full circle. Yeah, that's really funny. Another poster that was up there. Oh, you found was, another one. Um, a, it said wanted collector comic green spirit strikes again. Oh, my gosh. Call back to last. Week. Last. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I didn't see that one. Uh huh. I think I saw this one because it was like so pink and yeah. it stood out. And but. it was right next to where Sean ripped. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Some good catch. catch. I'm sure if we paused and really looked closely and, you know, got a magnifying glass out or something, we'd be able to see some more Easter eggs. Maybe also in the uh, the newspaper. What do you think they put? Oh, yeah. I'm something. sure they did something yeah. with an ad or. Yeah. So they chase Crocker. Oh, sorry. Not Crocker. Connors to Crocker's property. And he confronts him and he's like, I know it was you. And Crocker's like, bro, it's not me, you know? And so they chase him into this greenhouse, which is Mrs. Crocker's greenhouse. I don't allow anyone in here. Yes. And they're trying to find him. And Sean looks at the bottom of Connors' shoes and sees this soil that was on the soil of Mike McMillan's. The soil was on the sole of Mike McMillan's shoes. When it was in the box yes. that his girlfriend had at the police station. And he puts two and two together. And he's like, oh, my God, wait, Mike McMillan was in here. And then, like Jacob just said, Edna Crocker comes in. She's like, what are you doing in here? No one is allowed in my greenhouse. And Sean's like, well, that's not true, is it? Because Mike McMillan was in here. And he's like, and I know why. I love it. Do you want to do the big reveal? No, you go ahead. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I feel like I talk too much on this podcast. I had a six-minute bit at the start. That is true. I'll take my Sean Spencer moment. He goes, here's what effing happened. Mike McMillan was in town in Santa Barbara for a little bit because he was trying to connect with his birth mom, who was Zoe Sharp, but he found out she died 20 years ago. He found out that the father was this rich, high-class guy, Mr. Crocker. I'm calling him Mr. Crocker because I don't actually remember his first... Mort. 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 Okay. Mr. Crocker sounds better. Yeah. Um, Mort means dead, so, but he didn't die, so. True. Yeah. And everyone thinks, oh, this guy killed his uh, lover and then he killed his son, but it's not true. 
Edna is the one pulling all the strings here, working with her brother, who is the ranger, Jonathan DeSoto. And so what they did with Mike McMillan is they murdered him, blamed it on the mountain lion, all because they didn't, she didn't want her husband to give his son any inheritance. Right. How fucking selfish. It's not even your son. Yeah. Like, that's what, and that's what Mr. I love what Mr. Cocker says. Just a few words, but it's so powerful. He goes, she's like, you would have given him everything. And he's like, he's, he was my son. Yeah. Like, bitch. Duh. Duh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, just really, really good. Yeah. And um, the woman playing Edna Crocker, the actor, her name is Lisa Baines. I just want to point out that she kind of looks like Meryl Streep and kind of sounded like her too. Walmart brand. Oh my gosh, that's so mean. Sorry. You're pulling the whole wish version of... No, they just look a little... Like if someone told me they were siblings, I would believe it. Yeah, And she kind of sounded like her too. The line delivery also. Yeah. Yeah, and so I looked it up. I'm like, ooh, she was the bad guy of this episode. But um, it turns out she's actually played bad guys in other TV shows too. Okay. Characters including Cinderella's evil stepmom in the show Once Upon a Time. And a vengeful villainess on Murder, She Wrote. Oh, wow. So looks like Lisa Baines is a good bad character. A good bad character, yeah. yeah. So I, I thought uh, she wasn't in the episode that much, but it was right. her lip quiver when Sean's like, you can check the camera and the, the surveillance camera in the birdhouse. Mm-hmm. And has, she just realized she's fucked. Yeah, the whole thing where oh, it's so like, good. she's like, you're not going to believe this, are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then like, yeah. Uh, just... So good. Some things worth mentioning. Um, the uh, the Taco Bell cannon was being played by the string quartet. I mean, by which I mean... The Did you just say Taco Bell? Yeah. You know that made you shit your brains out, right? God. Ta- the Taco Bell betrayed me a while ago. <laughs> wow. But yeah, the Paco Bell cannon. I did notice. Yes. It's yeah. very popular. Very popular. I wonder what event that was. Like, we never found out, really. Rich people do some weird shit. They're probably just let's have a party just because, yeah, just because. Yeah. Um, and then they invent some random reason. Yes. It's my sister's dog's birthday. Um, <laughs> later, when um, we panned over, the string quartet was in the background again. They were like the audio was still oh, the piece that they were doing, but they were playing something very different. Like the actual motions that the string players were doing. They were very fast, like almost like looking like they were doing tremolos or something. Like just very oh, fast okay. movements of their hands. But I'm like, they're, they're not, that's not what the music is. I was just really wondering, like what part in the piece would that have been? I don't know if those were actual musicians. They they could be, you know, but interesting. A good catch. So it just didn't line up quite right, yeah, huh? It did at first, but didn't later. So um, before we close this episode... I I just, I don't know why I wanted to talk about this, but we hear one of the characters, I think Henry is the one that said it, I don't remember, says the word O-F-T-E-N. And the reason why I want to talk about this word is because Jacob and I are in choir and we have this word and our choir director is very um, adamant about it being pronounced often. When you speak, I'm just curious, who says often? And who says often? I say often. What yeah, do you say? I say often. 
with I drop the tea. Interesting. Um, so um, that's how I've always done it, and I've um, I don't know. I guess just what we learned. Both are technically correct, right? But it's just like if you want for singing, at least, I guess it just sounded more proper or something for him to want to do often, right? Which I mean, that's well, fine actually, if that's his preference. But I always thought often sounded weird. You know, the, see, that's what I was thinking about. Now that I was thinking about it more, like I, it sounds more familiar to me when we're singing the piece to. Um, to sing often he's always like diction diction you know yeah. have these consonants but um maybe I, I mean that's just a personal preference of his so i yeah. went to miriam webster miriam webster miriam oh my gosh not miriam my shit house boss <laughs> wow you finally name dropped her after all this time you said you yeah. were not going to sorry miriam webster and they say how to pronounce this word there is a T. I'm just reading straight from this. Okay. There is a T in often, but how often, haha, <laughs> do you hear it? As you might guess, the T was pronounced in the past when the word began as a variant of oft, spelled right. O F T or O F T E in Middle English, which was the more common form until about the 1500s. Oft is now archaic for most of the senses of often but is still used in compound adjectives like oft-repeated and oft-quoted, oft-times and often-times. Both carry that archaic flavor, but are still in active use. Even, I'm sorry, after the en suffix was added to oft, the t fell away in most pronunciation, but remained in the spelling. So I guess it doesn't answer the question whether one is correct over the other, it just gives background. Yeah. However, I think... Putting the T sound is correct because it used to be the word oft. You wouldn't say off. Off. I wonder if it's a dialectical thing. Oh, it probably is. At this is. point, if, where, where the word originated, what the local accent is. Yeah, and I'm sure there's other words yeah. where there were consonants that were dropped, right. you know, as time went on. Yeah. But. Well, you know, that's the whole thing in French where they have the accent. It was accent circumflex, which is the little carrot on top of vowels. Mm. That's only there. It doesn't change the pronunciation at all. That's only there because there used to be an S following it, but they just dropped it from the word. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Whether you say often or often, you're right. You're, you're, you're both right. <laughs> you are right. Fighting. You are heard. Yeah. But um, I just wanted to talk about it. So. Yeah, it's worth. Yeah, it's worth a discussion because, I mean... There are a lot of things in linguistics to harp people about. Oh, yeah. Like, we could go on and on and there, on. And there, there, and there. They are separate words. Learn them. But two pronunciations of often are both okay. You can use both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Want to close the episode? What happens no, at the end? No, I don't want to close it yet because I wanted to. Oh, so you <laughs> Sorry, don't want to. very, very emphatic about that. There's one thing I wanted to mention. I didn't mean close the podcast episode. I meant close the episode of Psych. Like get dun, to the dun, closing dun, dun. part. Boom. Where they're back I'm at the sorry. cafe. Right. So they want, they go back to the cafe, which is a fun circle. Circle back to uh, previously. And they finally get the pineapple scones. Oh, damn it. I was going to say it. <gasps> that was what you were This is the at? other okay. pineapple um, catch. Okay. Though we don't see a physical pineapple, we do see the double chocolate mango pineapple scone sitting on the table. So I don't know about you. That sounds like too much going on in a scone. I feel like either have chocolate or have mango and pineapple. Right. 
not all of the above. Not double chocolate. Pineapple. Double chocolate mango pineapple. Right. Mm. But yes, damn it. I was, you got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. See, I, I started to doubt myself once you like did the rewind to go check out the, uh, the kids um, shorts in the first yeah. scene. I'm like, wait, was that, that was just not... a bonus? Yeah, but was, was that not actually the um, the pineapple? But it, you know, probably was because they had mentioned it previously in the episode. Yeah, good um, job. Thank you. Um, I wonder. This isn't the first one I'd catch, but it was catched English caught. Um, <laughs> but uh, what I was going to mention was when this bugged me when I saw like this the whole scene about. Um, Sean and Gus trying to get the prescription um, oh, from the yes. pharmacy. The biotin? Biotin. You don't need a prescription for biotin. You get that at Costco. Really? Yeah. It's just a joint supplement. It helps your cartilage. You don't need a prescription for it. It may be like the dose level he, he was taking needed a prescription. I don't Could know. Be. But just take more pills. That's true. You can't overdose on it. Good. Good. I did not catch that <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder. I mean, I don't know if it's actually used as to treat something. Like they said, di- biotin deficiency is hereditary. Yeah, which is why it was important with Mike McMillan because if Mr. Crocker had it mm-hmm. and Mike had it. Right. That was the the connection that they needed to make. Yeah, it's just so I wonder if... If you actually are diagnosed with some sort of issue like that, they can still prescribe it to you. But it just seems funny, like especially with our fucked up healthcare system where prescription drugs are ridiculously expensive. It just seems funny that they would at all go for a prescription version of something that you can get for 10 bucks. Yeah. Walgreens. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, and of course... Gus was the one to catch that one. I mean, Sean yeah. noticed it, but he asked Gus about it because Mr. Pharmaceutical. Mr. Salesman. Pharmaceutical, man. So that's the case. That's the episode. But before we get out of here, that sounds bad. Before it's we time for before we leave. Crime count. Crime count. So Jacob and I wanted to start this. We've been talking about it for a while, but we're officially doing it now. Where we are going to count the amount of crimes Sean and Gus do. And just them, because right. obviously if there's... There's a crime to yeah. make a case. We're not counting that one. Yeah, no. And um, so we're just counting the Sean and Gus shenanigans. Yeah. And so we'll come up... Are we going to have a sound like, crime count? We'll, we'll right. think of an intro if this bit ends up working out. A little like, jingle. Yeah, a jingle. Yeah, so our crime count, here it is. Sean and Gus trespass on the quote-unquote closed trail. We look it up. It is illegal, though you probably won't get caught. And then Gus impersonates a veterinarian, and it's not illegal to impersonate unless you practice, and he technically practiced yes. by trying to deliver a baby warthog. He didn't get very far doing it. Oh, but no. He, tried. he, he yeah. threw up everywhere. But yeah. And then the next crime is they trespassed onto the Crocker property. Okay. And then the last crime of the episode is... Posing as someone else at a pharmacy to try to get someone else's drugs or medicine. That can be pretty serious because that's infringing on medical privacy. Yep. Yeah. So. (laughs) I wonder if in the future, if this bit ends up like working out and like it's an interesting thing to keep track of, if we could like try to find out the number of years in prison that they could get for all (gasps) of their shit every week. Oh my God. Life. 
right? It's got to be life. No way, no way. I think they would be fine. Oh, add it this. all up? Oh, life and... Absolutely, for the yeah. whole show, but like maybe, yeah. So our crime count is four. <laughs> they committed four crimes between the two of them this week. So two... Two split. Two split. <laughs> right down the middle. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's our crime count. And if you like this bit, yeah, we'll, we'll keep, keep it going. It. And if you don't like fun. this bit, we're still keep it going because we like it. We like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really funny because I, that's something I'd thought about um, before. And, you know, that's something I asked the, the chat bot about, um, you know, is the legality of what they're doing. And it's just so interesting because this show is very grounded and, you know, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's just you you want to believe that it could be real. Yeah. So thinking about real world stuff like that, I don't know. I really like. Yeah. So yeah. we hope you guys enjoyed our little new segment of Crime Count. We'll keep it up for future episodes to come. But I think that's it for this one. Is that going to be it? Okay. We never scheduled... Like at, when we started doing this, we never because we never knew, we didn't know how much time this would end up being hap- like taking and how much time we'd be able to give to, to recording like or this. how much fun we'd even have. Right. If, if it's something we'd want to keep doing. Um, yeah. But it but it is. I love doing this. And me um, too. it's just uh, it's just being it's, able to go back. And for me, who have seen the show so many times. And then be really analytical, not just like, oh, I'm watching the show yeah. and this is cool. Like oh, I'm looking for stuff I would have not looked for in the yeah. past. I need to, I need to, I, I find myself like really needing to be dialed in, like really clued into like catching all of the connections because they go so fast sometimes in the show, like where Sean and Gus make a connection, like, and then right as you start to like put it together, they're on to the next thing. And it's just, it's, it's fascinating. They cram a lot in these episodes. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Really quick before we head out, the actor who played Brett Connors. I know you did a little deep dive on him. Yeah, his name is Kurtwood Smith. He looked familiar when I saw this episode. I couldn't remember where. And it doesn't look like I've actually seen anything he's been in. But he's been in a lot of things. Ooh, um, do tell. Starting in from the 80s, really. Um, do, Do you know the movie Robocop? I've heard, heard of, of it. it. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. So he was in that. He was in uh, that '70s show, um, and then it's it's anthology or whatever sequel series that '90s show that they're just making now. Like he does a lot of things. He's doing voiceover work too. Like he was in Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick and yeah. Morty. Um, I've never. Who is se- he? No idea. I've never seen it, but um, but if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, you probably recognize his voice. Um, and he's just he's done a lot of stuff, a lot of TV shows, and um, and movies. Um, so good for him. Um, it's cool to see big, recognizable faces in this show. That his yeah. performance was really, really good. It was. It was really sad because as soon as you started to realize that he has some memory issues, you know, if that's a personal topic for you, like instantly you're like, oh my god, this is like this is emotional. Like Hit a this little is, too close to home. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's too close, but it's like, Ooh, that's relatable. And like, you know how, it, how uncomfortable it must be. Cause you don't know how to, how to act around them. Maybe, you know, someone with, you know, how, how much do you need to do to take care of them or that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, well, he just did a brilliant job, especially at the beginning of the episode when they're first in the psych office of when his daughter is trying to help him 
with all oh, this stuff. Yeah. He's like, don't talk to me like so I'm a child. The frust, the just the feeling of frustration. That is just so it's so believable. Yeah, you know because you he's aware he has this, and so when mm-hmm. he is in the right mind, I guess I should say, um, it, it's frustrating to him that he can't, you know. Yeah, and he he was so. He's so defensive because I'm sure it was incredibly humiliating for him to have to go to this psychic as a last last ditch effort because you can't remember. Um, you know that was, you know it's it's really sad and good good performance because that sold it. If if it was like hammed up or cheesed up anymore, really. You'd be oh, like, yeah. you, don't, you wouldn't connect with it. But it was just done well. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just forgetting things left and right. Yeah. You know? Where did I put my keys? Yeah, no, it wasn't that. No. It was it was so believable. Yeah. And like even Sean, this over-the-top, kind of inappropriate guy, realizes the severity of this situation. He's not yeah. making fun of his of his. No, and this is something that he had respect for. Because he was, you know, he had Sean's back in a small way when they were young. Exactly. You believed me, I believe you. Yeah. Well, that's about it for today. That was Forget Me Not, episode nine of (laughs) Pasaich. Pasaich. What's up next week? Next Next, week. Or two weeks from now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So next week we have season one, episode 10. From the Earth to Starbucks. <laughs> one of my favorite season one titles for sure. That is good. Or I guess since they film in Vancouver, it should be From Earth to Tim Hortons. Which, not to spoil the episode, but this title, I love Psych because it's not like Stargate where their episode titles give away yeah. the the um, the episode. This one actually does. Oh. From the Earth Just to the Starbucks. That. So something happens in Starbucks. Sean doesn't get his venti triple (laughs) macchiato with extra. No, Lassie doesn't get his three, his three creams and four sugars. (laughs) Oh my God! When I was this is ages ago. When I was in a Starbucks, this lady ordered this thing, this monstrosity. It was like a venti black coffee with six sugars in the raw. You know those packets Jesus of Christ. sugar? That's like, yeah. it's brown My crystallized sugar. My mom likes sugar. those. Yeah. She had, like, so what they, the barista put six of them in. I watched this happen. Put six of them in and announced that order. This is a coffee with six sugars in the raw oh for Marie God. or whatever. And then this lady goes over to the little counter with the Grabs trash more? can and gets more and puts more of them in. I don't remember how many, but then. Oh, creamer, she put it in. Yeah. Put more of them in. Oh my, oh my God. Would you like some coffee with your sugar water? Like, oh my God. <laughs> Would you like some coffee with your sugar? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's unbelievable. People never fail to surprise me, which. <laughs> I'm not even surprised anymore. I used to be surprised at how crazy people are, but, you know, I'm a cashier at a grocery store and you just see every day that people buy the same old crap, you know, and it's just, it starts to, you know, bums you out, you know. Well, I don't want to end this episode on a... It's a downer. On a downer. Let's talk about something fun before we head out. So you said this was your one of your favorite episodes of, the of season, season one. So how, yes. How many episodes are there in the season? Are there 15, um, 20? Like how many 
um, episodes do we have left? Or yeah. do we, or how many episodes in season one period? Both of those questions are fun. Oh, LMAO. Okay, so there are 15 episodes in season one, I think. That's kind of short. Well, it's the think? first season. If you look at shows, the first season of any show is usually shorter than all the other seasons following. Because it's like really? they got to see if it gets off the ground, you know, if it's successful. Yeah, I just thought, well, I guess it's maybe it's more different now when you started a show in 2006. But with network rules, you know, usually, I guess with older shows, they're usually longer. Like one of the Star Treks was doing 26 episodes a season. Hmm. Like Sounds even like from season one, yeah, something ridiculous like that. So, yeah, who could could be? I don't know. Um, that a newer show would just well, yeah, because newer shows now they're like they do six episodes, ten episodes, you know, just so they can devote more to each one. They do, yeah. Like I guess they're just the mini shows, um, you know, online on the streaming services. Well, but British network TV does that. They do really yeah. short seasons. That um, is true. Yeah, I guess it just depends on what the network is. What network did Psych air on? Uh, it was on USA Network. Oh, USA. I okay. that yeah, that's right. USA. I didn't watch it on USA. I watched it on Netflix. Right. Um, what, it aired on July seventh, two thousand six. Yeah, I hardly ever watched any actual live TV. Uh, mainly just cartoons. I did some Saturday cartoons, but. Yeah, mainly got them from Netflix. So, it, you know, man, I got I remember the days where I got so mad they took Mythbusters off of Netflix. Oh, that I, was my show. I was depressed when they took Psych off of Netflix. Oh, yeah. It killed me. It's now back on Amazon Prime. Sponsor us, Daddy Jeff Bezos. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or you could I'm definitely not telling you to do this, but you could pirate it. Well, I actually think anyway. the piracy is the more ethical option than what Netflix is now doing with their anti-password sharing. Because oh, yeah, when Netflix right. was created, it was it was meant to be... Um, they actually had a marketing campaign where they said, love is sharing a password. Yeah. So now they don't now want they us don't to love have... anymore. Which is funny, because Valentine's Day just happened. <laughs> it's right, it's They're right, like, it's happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Don't love oh each other God. anymore. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I think... We can end the episode. Okay, that's good enough for anybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of We're Psyched. This was episode nine, Forget Me Not. We will be back next time for episode 10 already. Can I you know. It? That's awesome. It's so exciting. Yeah, that is a milestone and we'll celebrate. Um, I feel like we shouldn't cake? celebrate until season one finishes. Oh, okay. Right? I, no, I was just thinking of podcasting milestones. Season one, ep- uh, season... The end of the season will be a milestone for sure. You can get in contact with us at we're psyched podcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at psyched.pod to get in contact or look at our updates for our release schedule and uh, behind the scenes and for screen grabs and all that fun stuff. Yep. Things we talk about on the podcast, we'll put on stories or post about it on the Instagram. Like Jacob said, you can direct message us, comment, question, email, anything. We'd love to include your thoughts on our next episode and future episodes to come. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.